0: I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry. Are you
1: alright? Yeah. I'm
2: sorry, I was just joking. I I should go. Oh no. Yes, you. You. uh,
1: Take off your pants.
2: Pardon?
0: I mean, your sweater. There's blood on it. I'll wash it.
3: Exposition Street, celebrating geek movies in all their splendiferous glory and a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. Thank you very much for joining us for this week's, our our 80th episode, actually, of uh, Exposition Street, our Prismatic film cast. If you'd like to be part of the conversation or recommend a movie for us, please drop us a line. Feedback at PrismaticTsunami.com is a good way to do that. Or drop by our uh, Discord server and let us know what you think. So uh, thank you so much. We have a really uh, interesting choice for this week. It's one that we had uh, tried to put on the list a couple times and it uh, kept going off streaming right at the wrong time. So we managed to get it back and uh, get into it this time for better or for worse. So let's see what comes of it and uh, what everybody thinks of our opinions. You don't have to let us know. But if you do, I will, of course, talk about them on the air. Uh, let's get things started here. Let's go ahead and introduce the panel over here. He was named for a saint who famously mired himself in debauchery for over a decade before being indicted on charges for corrupting America's youth. That's when they let him out of prison. It's Richard. Hey, that's where we go marching in. Yep. (laughs) That's uh, true. And over here, named for Saint uh, Vinicius, who once defeated 87 Rosicrucians in a staring contest while doing his best Andy Gibb impression throughout the first two choruses of MacArthur Park. It's Vanessa.
0: Of course. That sounds
3: fantastic. <laughs> I knew you would resonate. I knew it. It was in- inevitable. Yeah. Our, our next panelist was named for the Jesuit Saint best known for turning seven loaves of Subway urban cheese bread into a whole barrel of Swedish fish before leading a successful raid on the nearest Dippin' Dots kiosk of doom and emerging victorious. It's Jason.
2: Absolutely. freaking lootly
3: Yeah. I can't even believe you brought the Swedish fish up right before the show. I mean, Wow. <laughs> And finally, well, he's an expert at Hollywood Squares and three-time Tiddity Wings world champion. Plus, he can recite the Pledge of Allegiance backwards in Klingon with only the merest hint of
1: irony. And has two more miracles scheduled for Tuesday. It's Saint the Kid. You know, my mother was a saint. Her first miracle, she managed to let me get away. (laughs)
3: It's a a miracle, right? I'm pretty sure that's the word she used. So uh, this week we're talking about the saint. Uh this movie came out in uh in April of nineteen ninety-seven, April fourth. Uh opened at number two of the box office, sixteen point two million dollars, second only to Liar Liar, which was number one in its third week at the time, eighteen point two million dollars. So I'm
2: sure that was good company. Not according to plan.
3: <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't either. <laughs> yeah, I figure you got a couple weeks of clearance on a Jim Carrey comedy? How bad can it be?
1: Uh, rated PG thirteen. Wait, wait, so Val Kilmer lost out to Jim Carrey. He first
2: week lost out to Jim Carrey's third week. There's something wrong
1: with this universe. I knew it was a simulation. <laughs> Which, what, I weren't they? I think.
3: Come to think of it, Jim Carrey was the villain in Val Kilmer's movie previous to this that he filmed. Yes. So that's true. That's fun. Uh, Runtime one hour and fifty six fairly long minutes. Simon Templar is a thief for hire whose latest job to steal the secret process for Cold Fusion. Puts at odds with a traitor bent on toppling the Russian government as well as the woman who holds its secret. Yeah, that works. I uh, directed by Philip Noyce. Now, okay, I looked this guy up and um, I knew he, I knew I'd seen the name before on the show and it took me a minute to find it because he's done a couple films. Been at it for a while. Uh goes back to films like Blind Fury. He did Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, uh, The Bone Collector. He did The Giver. He was the director for The Giver.
0: Oh, I have seen one of the movies, Yeah, 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 yeah. And- uh, I did like that one.
3: Written by Jonathan Hensley, uh, Die Hard of the Vengeance, Jumanji, Armageddon, The Punisher. The, that's the first movie with uh, Thomas Paine, which I thought was fantastic. Thomas Paine? I think Thomas Jane is the correct name. Uh, Thomas, Thomas Paine wrote Pamphlets, didn't he? Um, Whistley's. Strick, who wrote, uh, was a writer on Arachnophobia, Wolf. Remember the Jack Nicholson werewolf movie in the 90s?
2: No, and neither does anybody <laughs> else. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, wow. because
1: there was a werewolf TV show called Actually Werewolf uh, that I had only ever seen a few episodes of and lost track of. And just a couple days ago, um, I don't remember the specific circumstances, but someone mentioned that Jack Nicholson movie, and it reminded me of the TV show. So I went looking for it. And the only place you can find it is on YouTube.
3: That was my next question. It was like, cause nowadays you can find so much crap from there, <laughs> from our childhood, from our I early know. years. It's great. Uh, let's see, um, he also was a writer on the Doom movie. Uh, interestingly enough, a favorite in our household. My wife will, my wife, my wife will watch that again and again and again. Something Their to Waffle. do with Carl Urban, I think. And, uh,
1: yeah, strangely, the same thing here. I can't stand it, but she loves
3: it. He's a writer on Carnival Row, which is now, in its Row. second season right now, I think? Yeah. The final season. That's it's worth more. watching. And uh, Leslie uh, Charteris has the uh, character um, credit for, uh, the, the, for the original show in 1962-69, which this was based on. How many people knew this was based on an older TV show? E. Eh. That's about the... Which was in turn based on course,
2: uh, books from the, what, 20s?
3: Yeah, there was yeah. um, and there was like TV or radio stuff way back in. Even then, then too. Well, I, I guess going back in like the 30s, it would have been probably radio dramas. But
4: I I have the Orbital song "The Saint" on my regular listen list. So interesting. But I'm a huge Orbital fan. So, uh,
3: music by uh, Graham Revel Revel Re- Gra- Graham Revel. I don't I don't know how you say that name, but uh, we've no. seen him on the show once. The music or twice. was awesome. Music was, um, powerful. I, I thought, I, interestingly I enough. In that way. I, I, I've noticed this about, okay. So this guy did The Craft, uh, did music for Tank Girl. Um, we've seen him on the show a couple times. He's also, he also did The Crow, which was an extremely thematic movie with a music. I did enjoy music for The Crow. Uh, Strange Days, which actually is on our upcoming list. Uh, Spawn, Pitch Black, uh, Titan AE, Tomb Raider first Tomb Raider movie. I'm just, just picking stuff where I know the music actually made a difference, had an impact in how the, right. how the movie came off the atmosphere of the movie. Because a lot of those movies...
2: So you're cherry picking to make him sound better than he is. I
3: don't have to cherry pick. <laughs> <laughs> I am cherry picking to pick up movies that are genre movies that our audience may have heard of. No.
0: Those are also movies that Vanessa has heard of.
3: And she's part of the audience.
0: Core audience almost. <laughs>
3: Let's see. And so, and but I and I thought the I thought the music in this was fan, was fine. It was fantastic. I feel like it's a little strangely used sometimes. I'll touch on a little bit of that because in the clips you can really tell. Not that the music was bad or like wrong or anything, but like, why did they do this here? Kind of thing.
0: I I can genuinely say after having finished the movie about uh, what an hour and a half ago that I don't remember any of the music and it had zero impact on my viewing of the movie.
3: And it had a repeated. Um, Theme reference to the original Saint theme as well from the uh, again from the radio shows that was used in the TV show that was used. Oh, there you go. Uh, Starting Mr. Val Kilmer. I had uh, also not realized this is I think our third Val Kilmer movie on Expo already. Yeah, he was in Willow, which was the first movie we did. If you are interested, right. go back and check out our very first episode. It was fun and uh, real genius, which we did on the show. Um, oh last yeah, year,
4: yeah, yeah. That's
3: the popcorn. Movie. Yep, the popcorn movie. Uh, see this one came out let us say in 97 so val did like tombstone in 93 batman forever in 95 the island of dr dr moreau in 96 so he was busy and they still
2: this. gave him money to do this and this was about it
3: yep. <laughs> i don't I think, think we this know one's...
0: where jason's opinion is <laughs>
3: oh yeah, i'm sure it'll be interesting well,
2: no it's uh th- this is more critical bat his batman flopped hard the island of dr moreau was widely panned
3: batman forever was a smash success actually
2: okay financially Mm -hmm. critically
3: no no yeah yeah but nobody cares about that except us critics don't know what they're talking about yeah it's i agree mm -hmm. X gets a square. I actually liked his uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau film that he did. Um, I thought it was interesting and quirky. No, not not amazing or anything, but you know, I also liked Marlon Brando in it though because I liked seeing him do anything at that point that was kind of a step sidestep from what he, you know what he was typecast in most of the time.
0: Pretty Paul cool. Kilmer's character here reminded me of the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm. I would totally recommend that movie. We need
3: to that do that for the show. Make sure we get that on the list. Um, I've never seen it. Heard good things.
0: Uh-huh. A, a kazoo for nice. Eric.
3: Oh, fine. <laughs>
1: Wait, there are movies you haven't seen.
4: (laughs) To to be fair, I haven't seen it either. I've heard good things about it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Huh. I took its time. Kind of a delayed reaction. Kiss Kiss Bing
0: Bing. Kiss Kiss Bing Bing is on the list.
3: Well, we'll have to make sure it gets on to the actual watch list. Yeah,
0: it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, not going to happen then. Right. Uh, Also, Elizabeth Shue. I don't think we'd seen her on the show before. She had kind of, this was kind of the tail end of her heyday too. Um, most of us would know her, of course, or all of us should know her as Jennifer in the Back to the Future trilogy. Um, she was in Soap Dish in 91, Hearts and Souls, Heart and Souls in 93. There just wasn't a lot in the 90s that I saw, but I always thought she was a really excellent actress. What was she on in recent years that I saw her on? Those? She
2: transitioned to television. Yeah. And she was on the last several seasons of CSI Vegas and. She was uh, the CEO in The Boys. The Boys. Oh, oh, with Homelander.
3: Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Was that, very that much with Homelander? Yeah. No, that was an amazing <laughs> performance. I thought she was so good. Um, oh,
4: she had a role she in, was so in so bad The Karate Kid, and so she was also in
3: Yeah, uh, Karate, Cobra Kai. Karate Kid was kind of her big start. Yeah. In movies, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so she's been on Cobra Kai, which I've never, I've never watched all of that. I watched part of the first season. I, I understand it's really good. I she's in two episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, they all are in some of it. Like anybody they get from the original movies. Let's see. And, uh, that, I mean, that doesn't leave a lot of super recognizable cast. Um, I, I don't know how to say his name. The guy that played Tresiak, the, the Russian, you know, the guy, Bob the, the Bob Boss guy. Yeah. Uh Rade Serbez Gia Zija or something like that. He's uh but we've seen him in a lot of places over the years, just in very kind of side roles and stuff. He was in Mission Impossible Two, he was in Space Cowboys, he was in Snatch, he was in the fog. Um he's a recognizable face. Yeah. Uh and uh, Alan Armstrong, whom I wanted to mention mostly just because we've seen him on the show. And he played Inspector Teal, one of the one of the detectives. And uh-huh. we saw him in split second. He was the he was Thrasher, the cop that um Howard's character was you know, had a rivalry with. And uh, I mean, other than everybody,
0: he's definitely good at playing cops
3: and in crawl. We see. He was in crawl actually too. He was also in like, he was also in like sleepy hollow and he was in the mummy returns. He was in Aragon.
0: Yeah, No one remembers Aragon.
3: I, I think that's intentional on your part. Yes,
0: that's true. But it is on the list because we should watch it for this.
3: I was going to say, because Vanessa put it on the list. <laughs>
0: <I> guarantee it. <laughs>
3: Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> it's like Roger
0: Moore.
4: Oh, car radio announcer. Okay, I get. Hey,
3: I have that much trivia. Yeah. Actually, even have a clip. Donations totaling three billion dollars were made today to the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, and the United Nations Children's Fund. The funds. Were- yeah. It comes out at the end. of the, Did you notice it when you were watching the movie? Yeah.
4: N- no, because I don't recognize his voice. Oh man, I did the instant. I haven't it. seen a lot of James
3: Bond. Well, he was my first Bond, really. Uh, cause that's, that's the age I was. You know, um, I think Octopus, he was my first Bond movie. So not really of the Connery era. I didn't get into that stuff until later. Uh, unless there's somebody else worth mentioning, guys, I, I didn't really catch a lot of cast other than that. There's a $68 really. million dollar budget made sixty-one point three its opening weekend. Uh, six, uh, see, $118 million worldwide gross so it didn't do too bad it didn't do well enough to come back and you kind of wonder if that was the plan i mean they didn't really
2: it was uh it was originally slated to become a franchise and it did not
3: it would make sense given that the tv series was on the air for like seven years in the 60s I mean,
0: but he was retiring
2: and there was a bunch of books yeah and... a lot of story material to pick from
0: why did they pick when he was retiring to try to start a franchise
2: because they don't actually
4: retire. Yeah, that, that's how most franchises start. I'm getting out of the business. Oh, not this time. To get to a point sh- to
0: start a story.
4: I realize there's episodes of Leverage I haven't seen yet. Okay. Speaking of, they should have retired.
3: <laughs> that's a good show. Excellent show. Yes. The uh, Redemption one is pretty good, too, where they, they all came back except for yeah, Timothy that's what.
4: The, I, there's more episodes of those I haven't seen.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, director Philip Noyce originally hoped to have Mel Gibson play the lead. Oh, God. Now, we're talking to, to put this in context to, about where, what level or what era of Mel we're talking about, by the way. He was initially interested, but decided he had just spent too long away from home making Braveheart. So exactly. Was,
2: that's
4: no. It was before his passion project.
3: Oh, yeah. And, and his anti-Semitic rant and everything else that keeps us from talking about Mel Gibson a bunch. But still, no. Yeah. Um, I, I've kind of, I kind of get a kick out of seeing him pop up as old Mel nowadays doing stuff, especially if it's like, like a villain or something, but it isn't often. Uh, see, other possible Simon Templars would have included, uh, turned down in the role, uh, Kenneth Branagh. And this is according to the trivia on IMDb, so you gotta take this for crystal. So. Kenneth Branagh would have been, you know, less
2: suave but good. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh chews up anything that you give him.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Val, Val was just kind of a little understated for that, but he was right at the edge. Uh, George Clooney, interesting. Ew. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Costner. Costner also did you for this at the time? Maybe
1: not. Yes. I'm not sure how many of those people would have been good at portraying all the different characters that
2: Simon played. If Kevin Costner had done it, he would have only had one accent. Right. <laughs> Johnny Depp was on the list. He could have done, he could have done all the character stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, they would have, have, have had like 20 head. more saints in there. With Johnny
3: Depp. <laughs> in one scene, uh, Daniel day Lewis and, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? <laughs> I don't believe that one. I don't believe no, that one at all. I, I don't buy that.
1: Let's
3: see. Um, the poetry that was written by Simon's long haired artist character, Thomas Moore was actually written by Val Kelmer. Well, that was kind of cool.
4: That explains a lot. <laughs> It was cute.
3: Uh, let's see. And the movie uses the classic saint theme tune, tune that... Uh, okay, yeah, there it is. So, often thought of starting with a 60s TV show. It actually began in the 30s and 40s, RKO, uh, saint movies, and appeared in the radio show of Vincent Price. So, it was both a movie and a radio program.
4: And, and the hook was originally whistled.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. And, uh, see, it's most frequent. It makes it, it's actually one of the most frequently and longest lasting theme tunes of a media franchise ever. Entertainment history. So
1: we totally need a reboot of this. Although I'm not sure who would play it nowadays.
3: Um, so let's talk about Val, Val on this a little bit. Uh, cause I thought, I think if I hadn't, I can't, it's hard to cast myself back to that, to that period, you know, with this movie because this movie doesn't really, to, to me, it doesn't really stand out. Uh, the the cold fusion theme was actually kind of a buzz theme for movies in that era, you know, mid late '90s is kind of a thing, uh, right? I, I I actually had meant to look up a list, just like type into
1: Google like cold fusion movies cold or something, fusion
4: movies.
1: and uh, see what came out. I actually thought I remembered this movie fairly well, and I was totally surprised that it was centered around a cold fusion theme. I didn't remember that at all. So apparently, I didn't actually remember a damn thing about the movie. <laughs>
3: Well, and to be fair, I didn't remember a lot of it either, and that's unusual for me. But some of the stuff was, like, Val. Funny story. I'm
4: sitting here watching the movie, and all the way through the movie, and I'm like, isn't he supposed to be trying to capture the jackal? And then I'm like, wait a minute. That was a Bruce Willis movie called The The Jackal. Jackal. I have gotten these movies mixed up, and until I watched this movie, I did not realize
3: that. (laughs) Well, here's something that bothers me a little bit about this. Did his role isn't the right word? his motive feel ambiguous in the film to you
1: guys? exceedingly so
4: yes, I, I never knew what he was
1: doing it for. There was the one reference to i can i finally i got fifty million dollars I can finally retire Nothing before or after that point did anything to make it seem like that mattered to him in the slightest so but in the third act, he looks at her and says, "I'm a thief and I'm
3: like. Oh yeah, I guess so. Is that what he is? <laughs> is is that what we're going with? Was he just a high level thief for
2: hire characters? Absolutely, that's exactly what he was. So
3: yes it felt like this relied on um at least some if if not actual knowledge of the original material or concept. At least uh some exposure to the idea.
2: I disagree entirely. Uh, in the very beginning, they, they, they open it up, and he's listening to himself break down a heist, where the doors are, where the guards mm-hmm. are, what he'll need to bypass, where he'll need to go, how much time he'll have. He immediately steals a microchip, so we know that he's a thief. See, I thought Spy. Okay, well, even even if you think even if you're thinking uh, he's working for somebody, you know that he's stealing. And then when you get to the terminal, not very far after, where he meets up with Trechiak and his kid, and his kid goes, "This is the thief. He's the one that stole it from us." And it's like, who do you work for? Do you work for MI six? Do you work for Syria? Do you work for them? And he goes, No, he's a private contractor. He steals for whoever. Oh, then no one will mind when I kill him. So even they it, thought he was a spy. I, I feel better. Yeah. Okay. At first, yeah. <laughs> it but it's but it's very blatantly set up for us. No, he's not a spy.
3: He's a thief. Well, no, again, it sets it up for them. You know, again, I I would have been thinking spy, but he doesn't want them to know that. So he poses as a high level thief to do his espionage for whoever he's working for. Possible. But to to me, the thing was, I wasn't paying close enough attention, and I feel like the movie didn't suck suck me in to pay close enough attention to those details. I was going
1: to say, I felt like the the scenes in the movie where, you know, the Scotland Yard or the...
3: Interpol or whatever they were trying
1: trying to place this guy was the thing that gave away that he was a professional thief, um, because the scenes with him in it were a little ambiguous there. I could definitely
3: see that, and I probably should have caught on to that a little quicker. Um I think the reason that that really kind of messes with my head is because it wasn't handled in the way we usually see that handled in heist movies where you have right. like that Interpol agency kind of element get involved they tend to be more central and mm-hmm. in this case they were kind of a minor foil that just popped up a few times almost an that. yeah you know like that like a plot just a plot lever to kind of push things in a certain direction or something they weren't and actually, they were
2: stupid yeah, they weren't
3: very effective
1: uh, yeah. Then there in was fact, role. he literally made a mockery of them in the closing scene of the movie.
3: Anybody watch the original TV show? Rich, did you ever watch it? Oh,
4: I never watched the original, just the movie.
3: Um, I, I was kind of curious what what the uh, context of the show was in that. If that he was doing just, like, different heists every episode or doing different jobs or... He also seems so, to have a moral
2: um, element here, so... My mom watched the show, mm-hmm. and uh, she was disappointed that while it was used in the movie the hook was not prominent like she's like there like it would hit a couple notes and say oh here it oh no it's not oh here it oh no it's not (laughs) um so she made me look up the tv show and start it so we could hear the hook in its entirety and we watched the first five minutes of the first episode and it was kind of weird because he was funny and he was doing a fourth wall break with the audience. Interesting. Sounds like I should go back and watch He was talking to us about everything that was going on and he looked straight at the camera and was like, Okay, now that lady over there she's the director's wife, da 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 da. oh God, here she comes, looks at the camera. What am I going to say to her when she asks me what I think about this horrible play? <laughs> I was like,
3: so they did, what? and they did small nods to that, I guess, in the movie with his kind of narration in certain sequences.
2: He was mm-hmm. narrating it to himself, it, right. but he never stopped and looked at the camera right. and said. Hey. Yeah. You know,
3: that's probably a big difference between the way we thought of this of what our audiences would want in the sixties compared to what they want in the nineties, right there.
2: Right. And I will say it's after watching just five minutes of the original series, my biggest complaint that I didn't realize I had about the movie until I watched those five minutes was how friggin' seriously it took itself. It did. This movie takes itself very, very seriously. And it could have been funny, but it wasn't.
3: I think the spy angle probably was reinforced in my head, too, because Roger Moore was associated so strongly with the original TV show, which I never watched. And of course, he was was hilarious. did you you found it funny
0: yeah. oh yeah the diff- all the different costumes and shit that he had it was hilarious
3: i did get a kick out of it. i i caught some of it the, the different um introductions and stuff you know the, the i am
2: you know my name is that stuff who, who who am I am I today? <laughs> and see i thought it was funny from our view like oh my god it's just val kilmer in a wig <laughs> it's bald <laughs> val kilmer it's brown-haired val kilmer it's tight it's pants F- val and kilmer <laughs> <laughs> it's all Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer. How is it? This is funny, but they played it straight. They played it like he was the best. Oh,
3: yeah. That's change
2: fair. artist. And not this even, couldn't possibly be the guy.
3: Not even uh, sidestepping it, like at the very beginning of the movie, what it opens with the sequence with, when he's a kid, right? Uh, with the girl. I yeah. think I. I got it right. I got part of it right here because that was really heavy too. And what happened to Simon Magus in Jesus' disciples
4: performed miracles. When Simon Magus saw the miracles, he offered Peter gold for God's powers.
3: And how did Peter respond? John Rossi. Answer my question, John Rossi.
2: That's not my name.
3: You and all the other bastards lucky enough to be here, children of sin, spawn of the damned, are all named for saints. Saints who were disciplined. Saints who were chased. You are named for John Baptist Rossi, a Capuchin priest who gave away all his possessions. A man who had nothing. Like you. Now, what is your name? You ungrateful cur. It just did, took itself very seriously right from the start. Set that tone early. Yeah. Uh, I think any levity that was in the script after that was. Far too grounded to be effective.
4: Although I did just catch the irony of the fact that he was a thief to take things when he was given Uh the name of the saint who had nothing.
1: So
3: the villains being Russians also, was that iconic of the period? I'm that was still a thing, right? Coming out
4: of the 80s, it was still a thing.
3: Because really, that didn't change in the zeitgeist to most of our action films or stuff,
2: international stuff, until, like, terrorism was on the rise. (laughs) But it was an interesting play on it. It was. Because It it was like, oh, no, this Russian bad guy wants to set back democracy, wants to set back all of the good that has happened over the last five, 10 years. And then when he fails and the coup is aborted, it's like, hooray for democracy. The world is safe. Yeah. It's
3: a good point. And I feel like that follows. In actuality, it's right. We've saved
1: communism.
3: (laughs) I think that follows with kind of the, the themes in the film too, because uh, there's since the, a lot of it focuses on manipulation. Um, you know, him manipulating people around him, him manipulating the circumstances that he's in, um, him manipulating the bad guys. You know, there's a, a certain level of um, how toxic that era, that, that uh, uh, idiom can be politically. And uh, when you're, you know, kind of like freeing things to the people's will, you know, giving the people a truth, and then even at the very end, it's it's like a feel good sort of like, hey, we're going to give the world free free energy. Which, yeah, you know.
2: which I did find it interesting that the movie didn't date itself. The scene with him as a child was labeled yesterday, and the scene where it starts up with him as a thief What's going tomorrow? to Moscow was labeled as tomorrow. Interesting, which means it still hasn't happened yet.
3: Very interesting. I didn't catch that. Of course, his tech was a little dated. A
2: lot of Nokia
3: flip phones and stuff.
2: A... <laughs> was saying, that was a high-end... Oh,
3: yeah. In
0: 1997?
2: I was going say, that was a high-end technological spy phone thing. Uh, so, and uh, probably indestructible. Well, it's still Nokia. I mean, to be fair, I had one of those keyboard telephones
4: for that reason.
3: So there was um, Yvonne... Treshek and his son, Ilya, were kind of our two principal baddies, basically. And Scarface. Oh, Scarface, yeah, yeah. I thought Ilya was cool. I thought they did a neat job with him. He was menacing, despite being the minion. And you'll see that a lot. (laughs) In a lot of movies, when you have the the chief minion who keeps getting his ass handed to him in the process of trying to do the thing, he's a bumbling idiot somehow. He was a bumbling idiot. Yeah, but he was still menacing. (laughs) He was still menacing.
4: The he cane. Was still I love the
3: cane too. We got out of the car at that one point, and you could see the boots at the ground, and then you see the cane, the head of the cane come into view. Mm-hmm. You Realize, oh my God, that's who that is. All uh, of all the, the manholes to come out of.
0: Now, why the head of the cane would be, would have been invisible beyond me? Because he that kept would have been carrying it upside Get out.
2: Because he didn't need it. Yeah, it was an affectation. It was it was a prop, an
3: intimidation tool. Yeah, he kept carrying it like that. I, I felt the same thing. I thought that was interesting. I was like, yeah, no, that actually felt that feels right for the man. Uh, Let's see what I got Um, Speaking of you Discoing I don't speak Russian In that case Stand up
2: Put your hands behind your head And turn around slowly Wrong place for a condom Take it off Listen If I give this to you, you're going to give it to your daddy. And what's he going to give you? Not even a Christmas bonus. The guy I'm stealing this for will give me a million dollars. If we go in partners, we split 50-50. That's half a million hard currency. Think of the drugs you could buy with that much cake. You'll be discount for a decade in Moscow, mate. I don't need your small change. That's your first problem. Here is your second.
3: The music helped with the menace. That's true. Now that I'm listening to it, the music definitely helped with the menace. And it's actually one of those places where I thought it was interesting. A lot of places, and it could have been the transfer, but a lot of places the score seemed loud to me. Because I was pulling clips, so it's really noticeable.
0: His suit in that beginning sequence was neat for the temperature control.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: That was Mm
0: -hmm. a neat touch. Ah. Yeah, that was a
1: gimmick I don't think I've seen before. I was kind of surprised because I was trying to figure out what was going on in that scene until he just walked through the laser grid, and I was like,
2: huh. Yeah,
0: he was waiting for his suit to read room temperature.
2: Something else I found amusing about that scene that we learn a little bit later and an audio clip will not help is after he gets away and he checks his bank account, there is a fresh deposit of $2 million. Hmm. He told Ilya the guy was going to pay him $1 million and he would split it with him 50-50. That's <laughs> $500,000. The payment was $2 million. Nice. He was only going to give him a quarter if he went along with the plan. That's just how you do business,
0: that
2: sounds I like did, something however, you could do. That. Nice I did however I missed it
3: too. No honor among thieves. Uh, I liked uh, Val's affectation, his character that he played in that sequence too. I thought it was neat.
2: Oh, you mean horrible accent number one? Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got some more. Um, let's see. Oh, I hope you do. Peruvian. Uh, let's see what this is.
1: Tonight, I feel like the oldest person on this plane. My husband, he's sending me to England to live until things change. You
0: are married, not even a year, and already this bastard has a girlfriend. I'm sorry, it's
1: not my business. How come you know so much about me? It is a gift. I
2: am Martin de Bores. I am from Spain, but I am named for a Peruvian saint who could cure the sick injured
3: by fans Anybody else notice that um, Simon Templar had a bad penchant for overacting? Yes. Are
2: we sure that was Simon Templar <laughs> and not Val Kilmer? <laughs> I
0: mean, to be fair, if you're trying to play different characters, you don't want them to all seem similar, so you're going to overact them to some degree.
3: It, a lot of these sequences, though, it doesn't feel natural. And then the fact that the person he's overacting at just kind of rolls with it. Eh,
2: I mean, that's part of where I talk about how the movie takes itself so seriously. Yeah. These, I'm get on ups, this one. these get ups, these acts, these affectations are so ridiculous.
3: Now, Vanessa's right. They're all very different, which
2: is what they're makes all, they, them effective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They they are all very different. <laughs> but at the same time, fusion, they're all Val Kilmer with a bad accent. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah because we know <laughs> oh my gosh all right talking about cold fusion
2: do you know what cold fusion is Cause it's a theory of nuclear fusion at room temperature free energy forever yes it. as far as science goes it ranks just above astrology those who claim to have achieved the experiment have never been able to duplicate it until now. There is an electrochemist working at Oxford. We believe that this good lady made a breakthrough in cold
3: fusion. Your employer will obtain the formula for me. He
2: is very busy, and you are very boring. Your offer must inspire him. This woman has repeatedly avoided my agent's attempts to find the formula. She's caging difficult. Maybe your agents are stupid.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the better scenes too, I think, this far as the, the interaction between characters and the dialogue. And I love that, right? Shortly after that, where he's like, um, I'll talk to my my boss or my you know, and he like backs up towards the the woman, talking to her and says, Okay, I'll take it.
2: That's <laughs> really good. Your offer has inspired her.
3: I also love the idea of, um, him coming face to face, well, disguised face to face with the bad guys in an arrangement like this early in the movie and it being, you know, such a prevalent, uh, relationship, the dysfunction of it between him and, um, uh, Yvonne Tresiak through the, you know, first part of the movie, uh, with the Boris, the, Boris the Spider stuff. Yeah. And it's like, that it was fun. That was actually a song from the sixties, worst of the spiders, sixties, seventies, late sixties. It was the who, worst of the spider yeah. Anyway. Um, and I, I, really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed that, that scene because of that too. And even not remembering the movie and how it played out when I was watching it, uh, yesterday, I got to that sequence and I'm like, you know, I think he's the principal bad guy. And this is kind of a cool, way. because usually if you have, um, like your bad guy has like a, a relationship kind of being constructed with, the good guy, like this, early in the movie, good—I use good relative. Uh, it's at a distance, you know. It's through like some sort of communication, like it's you know, or like the the stuff he was doing with Boris and all that, it's something like that. Like movies that have assassins who are like being hired, and they're you know, they're the handlers are communicating only through anonymous pings and shit. And you know, it's like, so I, I liked this, but that, but it works the same way in a way because he was disguising himself, so they wouldn't necessarily know who he was, regardless.
0: I'm the guy that just grabbed you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, okay, so because we were needed to introduce Emma shortly after this, because her shoe was just introduced conceptually and she's the other major part of this film. Uh, shoe theory, if you will?
0: I read somewhere that the experiment couldn't be replicated. So how do we know it works? Well, we don't. Not yet. But if you remember Einstein, he knew the theory of relativity to be true long before he could prove it. I mean, he felt the truth. And uh, some of us feel the same way about cold fusion. Because it's there, it's in nature. The raw, natural power just waiting to be harnessed. And when we ignite that cold fusion fire, I mean, just imagine. There's more energy in one cubic mile of seawater than in all the known oil reserves on Earth. I mean, you could drive your car 55 million miles on a gallon of heavy water. Maybe the end of pollution, warmth for the whole world.
1: Uh, She's quirky.
0: A lot of really high aspect to dreams.
1: I find it hard to believe that any scientist anywhere ever got any kind of funding with a presentation like that.
4: Oh no, yeah. it, it comes off like a Kickstarter campaign.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a matter of finding the
3: right funders. <laughs> Let me tell you how this works. Uh I'm fishing
1: for whales. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my gosh uh let's meet thomas Moore. or actually i guess this is where we uh, a little bit of val leading up to that i just called yeah anyway here we go to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow
2: of death luke one verse 79 act wrong she's not cagey she's
0: not difficult she's just eccentric she's innocent it's in her head.
2: She needs a poet, an artist, someone who understands truth.
3: With the music doing what it's doing, I thought we were leading up to something far more sinister.
4: Right. <laughs> At the beginning of that, they were really teasing with that hook. And like you said, they just drifted off and away from it.
3: Pretty cool. Um, but the, the way he did the thing where he changed his voice and was starting to kind of yeah. get into characters sitting there talking. yeah. You know, despite his Val Kilmerisms here, I, th- I felt like the the director kind of nailed some of the uh, pacing yeah. of those things. So. I agree I've only got I've got a few more uh, let's see I, just, I, I didn't really warn you guys I just kind of hit it in the clips I don't know if we had more to talk about but if you guys are right. if you got anything uh, it was actually since it was a very action oriented movie and a lot of even when it was in action the heisty stuff was kind of quiet you know it wasn't really much to catch a lot of it so a lot of the clips were early in the movie because of that uh, Rip Arte, I did enjoy this you've got the recipe
2: where's my dough the human fly Recipe incomplete. The cake won't rise. Hands, no dough. I am not a baker. But don't make me the butcher. (laughs) I like this guy. No play.
3: I'm certain you kept the cookbook. And uh, it was going back and forth between not just between him, uh, between uh, you know Simon and Yvonne, uh, but also. Like Ilya or whatever, while they were looking for sliming because that's the part where they were driving towards his location. He's trying to keep him on the horn, yep. and so that's what the loud music was when it got to this, like him in the car or whatever. and They're like yeah, this way and showing like tech or whatever. Uh, yep, it was very well done. I liked, the, I love the music levitated. The music there is really cool with the little rhythmic stuff he's got going on. It's neat. Yeah, that Russian techno. Yeah, it was
0: very nineties.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much. Uh, in deference to Vanessa's favorite part of movies like this, L'amour. Emma.
2: Hi.
1: I've... I'm overwhelmed. You found me.
3: It wasn't very hard.
0: Two men with saints' names flew into Moscow yesterday. Isadora Bankanja is a short, bald African. Where's Vincent Ferrer?
2: It's named after a saint who betrayed his best friend.
3: How could you do it? Emma.
2: Had to. I'm a thief.
0: I want my cards back.
2: You flew all this way because you want your cards back. Yes, I did. No, it's because you're in love. Where's
3: my case. Love the slap. It sounded so good. <laughs>
0: Stage two of pathetic romance
3: in the movie. Oh my god! So it was a a core theme in this film.
0: It was a core theme that had no basis. They knew each other for what four fucking days.
3: Well, that was the point, right? I mean, he yeah. was seducing her based on his insights into what yeah. would seduce her.
0: Yeah. yeah. Stage her pants, right? Stage one was him seducing her. Stage two was when he actually started returning the feelings. Started
2: falling for, her, yeah. I actually think he fell for her in stage one. He was trying the, to deny it, at least. The moment he fell for her was in that previous clip where it's like, Tretiak's wrong. She's not cagey. She's an innocent.
3: She's eccentric. Yeah. That's She's innocent.
2: eccentric. But they hadn't even met yet.
3: So the the scene where it becomes obvious, he's kind of flying a different direction than he intended was where he storms out of the cafe when they're having the romantic kind of sitting there for a couple hours talking or whatever. When and, he hits
2: him, when he stabs himself on the forehead. Yeah. And he looks, that was a looks misdirect. At, that was, that whole thing was planned.
3: Yeah. But he's looking at, he looks at himself in a little reflection going,
2: what are you doing?
3: You know, he, that's what he said. Look at his own reflection. So what are you doing? And then cuts his forehead. So, you know, there was that, that doubt strong doubt about whether or not this was the right thing to be doing at that point. I thought it was interesting that he just, that he stole the formula when he could have just, you know, copied it or took a picture of it and taken that. So he
2: was a doubting Thomas More. His, his, His objective was to steal the formula because if he just copied it, then she would still have it and could have released it. The goal was for Tretiak to have exclusivity.
3: Right, but he could have copied the. I mean, because he was just sending them an electronic copy anyway. They wouldn't have necessarily known what he didn't tell them, depending on how fast I think they were he went on their back
4: own. and forth too many times on what he wanted to do and how bad he wanted to take the situation.
3: And I, I gotta say, as much as there was some ambiguity and other things in the movie, I didn't feel that I was confused at least by his evolution of character in that romance, which I'm sure annoys the hell out of Vanessa the yes yes it uh, does
0: we're getting to that
3: (laughs) but it came it came through clearly his his doubt his wishy-washiness that all came through as that was the way val was playing the character and the way he was supposed to come off to us as the audience
2: Um, Because people totally
0: go wishy-washy head over heels falling over in love in four
2: freaking days she was a blonde-haired blue-eyed girl that reminded him of his loss
0: okay what's her excuse
3: Oh, he was everything that she thought he, she wanted because he planned it that way. And daddy issues. And
1: daddy issues.
0: Woo. Okay. The whole thing was super frustrating for me. <laughs> I'm
1: sure it was. I actually commented on that to Julie while we were watching the movie. Yeah, there's no I way like, anybody miss it. know exactly what I'm going to hear from Vanessa. There's, there's Vanessa. no
3: way anybody can miss Any of us could miss it. You get to that certain point in the movie, I'm sure all of us were thinking, oh, Vanessa's going to love this. <laughs>
2: no way around it Uh, the elizabeth shoehorned romance
0: Ooh, shoehorned Uh,
3: terrible terrible Uh, no name
0: how
2: long will it take you to finish the formula
0: i don't know Uh, two hours maybe i don't know
2: should be enough time get our passports together and for us to get married
3: we're getting married
2: yes I want you to be Mrs. Martin Depors.
0: You're not Martin.
2: No.
4: Who are you?
3: I don't have a name. Sad.
0: Will you have a name when we get home?
3: I don't have a home. Portland lines.
0: She doesn't even know his name for half of the movie.
3: But he tries to make the point that that's not important because, of course, he doesn't know his name for most of the movie.
0: <laughs> he made up his own name when he was a kid. It was yeah. the same name that he gave her.
3: <laughs> yep, yep. It's what he considers his identity, obviously. As much as he could. Uh, just one more. I had to catch in here a little Doc Holiday for you.
2: Excuse me, little lady. You look lost.
0: No, I'm. Uh, I'm fine.
2: May I help you? Allow me to introduce
3: myself. My name is August Christopher. I was named after St. Augustine, calling my favorite phrase, give me chastity and give me constancy, but do not
2: give it yet. (laughs) That is my favorite line in the whole movie.
3: Yeah, it is. It's good. And and the, really the writing I didn't feel was bad, Um, uh, you know. If anything, the, if there's anything to kind of blame for the the qualities of the movie that kind of left me wanting, it was in some of the, uh, well, some of it was writing, I guess. It was some of the way they decided to present information, but it wasn't in, like, the dialogue and stuff. It was more in the way, you know, events were laid out and, and how things paced. So, little writer, little director, I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of where I fell on it. And I guess we should check in with, uh, the other guys on the show. You know, you guys, right? You know, I mean, you know, you know talking on about. The, show. Right. The, the ones who are, well, uh, let me try this. <laughs> How about a little bit of thumbs up and thumbs down for us, Rich? What do you got?
4: All right. On my thumbs down, it, and it's just a thing, I just, I, I agree that the character didn't, it felt like the only drive was just to be the character, not, not any other focus, not any other desire. He came from nothing. He had nothing to live for. So he just tooled around. Maybe that was the character. It still felt a little weak sauce at that point. I kind of felt that way when I watched it the first time. On VHS, so long ago, but um, yeah, uh, thumbs up though. I actually enjoyed the variety of characters. I enjoyed the way they did the heists. I enjoyed the skill at which the character did the things, and the the potential I could see in the character um, and the leather pants. But um, <laughs> I I found the story very enjoyable. It it came together in an interesting way. Um, it had a plot that was niche for the time, and um, it it worked for me um, with all the all the cards in play, and even a, a small backstory that just didn't take up more time than it needed to. Because a deeper dive would have just made the beginning too long. I'm I'm going to give it four and a half stars.
3: Nice, that I is heard. a respectable I really rating.
4: Enjoy it.
3: That's fascinating. Vanessa, what was your take?
0: Not bad.
3: <laughs> Clearly.
4: <laughs> all right, what's your give back?
0: <laughs> okay, so thumbs up. I thought the Val Kilmer characters, like all the different stuff they did, that was fun. It was amazing. Fun. I Fun's a good it. word. Especially the nerdy one. It was hilarious.
3: Which one was the nerdy one?
0: The one that went to you her don't original contest.
2: Oh, this
3: a Cold Fusion mumbo-jumbo? Uh, cold, cold
2: Fusion mumbo-jumbo. Uh, that uh, one, yeah, yeah. that one was, was hilarious. I liked that one. That was very Jerry Lewis. <laughs> it
0: was. And it I was honestly scary. did
1: not realize that that was him the first time we saw that oh, That's character. funny.
0: I also really liked it when he pretended to be uh, Yvonne. Mm, so that was, that was also that great. Was awesome in fact, that scene. was so
3: good that for, like, when he first walked in... Uh, you know, when, when Val playing yeah. Yvonne first walked into the room, I'm like, wait, I'm confused. Yeah. Until the two of them were together facing each other, and you could definitely tell the the sculpt Val Kilmer features, you know, yeah. the, that that jaw and stuff.
0: It's like, huh. Yeah. That being said, that was the, the redeeming feature of this movie. <laughs> Like, they, they shoehorned the romance in so bloody hard that I couldn't focus on anything else because everything spooled around the bloody freaking romance. Oh, yeah, did, yeah. Like, everything, I was like, oh, cool, we're gonna do heist things. Oh, wait, no, no, she's back, cool. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, we're gonna do cool heist things. Oh, no, 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 cool. I, I guess we're not gonna do that, too, so. Uh,
3: interesting point, too, <laughs> What about the way they kept kind of like, they add another beat? Like, um, they're getting away or they're, they're doing the thing. They're getting away. They go down into the, in the pipes and then they run into the lady and the guy who want money from them to help them out. And so
0: we I mean, it's just like, completely unnecessary. Yeah. It just
3: seemed like a, an extraneous beat. You know, it's like, why is this here? And again, I wondered if it wasn't a nod somehow to something in the original series.
0: It's entirely like possible entirely but. possible that it was a nod to something like i got them hiding in in, in behind the dresser to try to get away from them because i'm sure that there were areas that didn't particularly like the mob yeah from the mm-hmm. secret police i got that part i was there for that part of the journey go into the sewers, still trying to get away they offered to pay people money they shot them out that's fine i, I i'm still here and then you get to like lady your pig in the sewers and i'm just like come on
3: and then climbing into the water pipe which by the way you have give or take five minutes so we know this is going to be some sequence where there's a tense moment of water rushing at us that we're
0: going to just have to jump at heated it? up because he fell into a frozen frickin' river let's get him wet again because he's totally gonna survive this encounter he's the main character even though it doesn't make any bloody sense
3: he died in pneumonia right after the last scene
0: <laughs> he would have had to <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm aiming on Vanessa,
3: guys. I realize I'm being a troll. I apologize.
0: He never got other clothes. It made no sense. That entire sequence pissed me off so much.
4: So three
0: stars? No. No. No.
4: Sorry, had to help.
0: The (laughs) only reason that it's getting two is because Val Kilmer played a lot of dudes and I appreciated them. I just didn't like his characterization with the girl. Oh. Which liked, was a focus of, of the movie. I
3: liked all of that. And I liked Elizabeth Shaw's character. She was fun. I like
0: romance a lot more than I do sir. That's fair.
3: I'm more of a chick than you are. We know it. Rah, rah, rah,
2: rah, rah. All right. Is that it? <laughs> you, are you good, V?
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Jason, what do you got? Okay. So this movie was this was not the first time I've watched the Saint. Right. This was not even the 50th time I've watched the same interesting (laughs) I have seen this movie so many times it was on heavy rotation in HBO in my teen years and I loved it I loved this movie it was fun it was weird it was action it was a little sexy but not so sexy that if the parents walked in the room it would be weird. <laughs> and all the heist a...
3: elements and stuff too. It's always fun. It, it yeah,
2: you know, there was there there was the cloak and dagger and the technology and all of the cool things. I love this movie. That being said, it's been about at least 10 years since I've seen it and whoo. <laughs> Sorry, uh, We've come away <laughs> since then, have we? Yeah. Uh, well, it's not just me. It's the tech and the process and the fact that for whatever reason, when I was a teenager, I was absolutely fine with the agents not going, oh, yeah, this is absolutely him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Take him in immediately. This is the guy. Or the fact that these two professionals who have been chasing him around the globe and have come up with this off-the-wall theory that all of the bad guys are the same bad guy. None of them put two and two together until this cold fusion scientist said they're all Catholic saints. Yeah, I love that dumbfounded uh (laughs) look on the detectives' faces when they go, They're what?
3: Yeah, they were the real bumbling
2: minions in this, though. I
1: mean, that
3: was their you know,
2: it's just like seriously, minions were inside us all along so. There were things that frustrated me this time that didn't frustrate me upon my previous viewings, and it was very noticeable. And again, like I said earlier, my biggest complaint about this movie is how absolutely horribly serious it takes itself. It could have been really funny. It could have given nods to the audience of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? This is clever and we, we know we're being clever. Look at us being clever, but it wasn't, it was so straight laced. And I, I didn't catch that when I was young it, because I just took it at face value for what it was positives. I liked the writing. I liked the lines Some of the lines were very witty. I liked the process of the seduction, even though I didn't, I I kind of agree with Vanessa. I don't like the seduction. It kind of, it it felt extra creepy now than it did then (laughs) because he thoroughly manipulated her Mm -hmm. in massive ways, took advantage of her heart, took advantage of her daddy issues, took advantage of her own poetry <clears throat> to rewrite and mock up this quote unquote perfect man. I don't have as much a problem with the fact that she fell for, uh, Thomas Moore. I have a problem that she continued to be in love with him after the part. after, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, sorry, I was trying to give positives and I'm back at minuses again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel
3: vindicated. <laughs> All these other terrible things, too. Five stars. <laughs> uh,
2: I did like Elia as the bumbling son, henchman, druggie, like slick guy. I do think his face healed too quickly. <laughs> uh, I would have liked to see him be red and blistered a little bit longer than one scene. <laughs> um, but all in all... With this experience multiplied by previous experiences, it gets two stars for nostalgia, so this is a a two-and-a-half-star movie.
3: Wow. Right down the middle for you, huh? Mm -hmm. All right.
2: Kid,
1: where do you fall on The Saint? (sighs) So, I will be honest... I am seriously struggling to come up with any thumbs downs for this movie. (laughs) Even after everything that's been said, some of which I agree with, it's hard for me to take those and say they're demerits because all of them, almost all of them feel justifiable by the movie world that we're a part of for this show. Um, If there's anything that I can actually kind of settle on, it's that there were points at which it got so uh, difficult on the buy-in that i had to make the choice to buy in. It. Mm. it didn't effortlessly pull it from me i had to be like that's okay i'm going to give this a pass
3: suspension of disbelief was struggling right was, and yeah
1: and and that's kind of a thing for me Just, i've mentioned it in other movies in the past yeah. um you know immersion is key for me characterization is key for me plot, setting, all that other stuff, I can be a lot more squishy on. Uh, So this movie kind of deemed a little bit on the sides of the tunnel for me in those areas. And that's really the only thing that I can honestly chuff at because other than that, in terms of thumbs up, I loved so much about this movie. Uh, The characters, the the many characters that were Val Kilmer's character, I, I got a kick out of almost all of them. Thomas More was kind of the one that bugged me he was his his accent i guess it the, the the captions told me it was a south african accent i would have never gotten that couldn't have guessed in a million years it just felt like he was talking through a potato
3: interestingly <laughs> enough um, um that accent was uh extracted by critics as being the most accurate of any of the different kinds of characters he was playing because
1: Val had actually been to the region, and, and I can't effort. dispute that simply because I'm not familiar with right. It. I you thought know, it that's, interesting. That's not uh, not one that I have a lot of exposure to, so that may very well be. But all of that being said, my major my major thumbs up for this movie is uh, a single scene. It's kind of the climax where not well, I guess it is kind of the climax where uh, Yvonne drags the president out there, and he's all set up to you know dispose him and and pull off his coup, his his uh, coup. And they turn on the machine and it works. And that was such a satisfying resolution for me. It was obviously being built up to the entire time. It didn't come as a huge surprise, but it was still so much just gleeful pleasure to watch unfold. Um, That is definitely the high point of the movie for me. Uh, I don't have... Uh, a huge love affair with the love affair but it doesn't bug me like it did some of the other panel members Uh, all around i have to say that this is a movie that i thoroughly enjoy watching and i'm giving it four and a half stars wow uh four stars for me rich wait
0: kid gave a higher rating than eric did and so did Richard. (laughs) it happens
4: So Um, Richard. I
0: fell in the middle in this group, this one.
4: And so that runs at about three and a half stars overall.
0: You guys disappointed me.
3: I fell in the middle with four stars. (laughs) Let's be realistic. Uh, If you're looking for uh, a romance, this isn't it. No. Yes, it is. I had had plenty of issues, but ultimately I, I thought the movie was fun. Uh, if anything, it's a little tough for me to, a little tough for me to focus on you know where I think a movie's uh, value lies as a conglomerate construct like that because of when I'm pulling clips, I'm I'm breaking it up a lot as I go, and so I lose a lot of the fluidity of it, and I don't have the time to watch it twice, nor the inclination in most cases. But uh, I think I think I'm pretty comfortable with that rating, so that's a that's a really good one for the group. I think it's not bad at all. Uh, so, so Jason, I did not realize this was one of those movies for you. We've talked about that before. It was like, uh-huh. like 13th warrior. When we did that, you were like, I've watched this movie a thousand times. You know, so oh
2: yeah. That's one
3: it's, of them. It's, it's interesting. And you probably had mentioned that before. Like I said, we've been trying to get the saint on the, on the show for uh, over a year. And, yeah. uh, you, you probably mentioned it before and I just totally forgot it, but, uh, I'm glad we got a chance to do it. Even if it did kind of tarnish it for you a little bit.
2: Just a teeny little bit. And like I said, it's still got two stars for nostalgia because it's still going to be one of my favorite movies in that way of watching bad movies. There's a lot of bad movies that I thoroughly enjoy. Oh, by the way, Kid reminded me of one other thing that annoyed the piss out of me. Where did the spotlight come from? Sure, cold fusion works, but there wasn't a light to generate. Yeah. Interesting. So if if there's just a cold fusion thing running, and it's putting off that much light without a light source, there that's an radiation, and those it, people are fried. It, it was slightly blue, it too, was a light which bulb. made me laugh a little bit. It, there was, yeah, and it, it looked exploded.
1: Like radiation. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. There was yeah, a little it, white it, bulb...
2: It, bulb. It, <laughs> It won't even power this tiny light bulb. Bright, 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 bright explosion.
4: Spotlight. One one way or another, nobody there is having children. Whether (laughs) they don't have children because they don't live long enough to have them at this point, or just because if they live, but they still can't have children.
3: Yeah. Hmm. So (laughs) Simon dies of pneumonia. Everybody else dies of radiation poisoning. Simon was three feet from the thing. Yeah. Well, whoever character he was at the time. Oh, now
2: he's Deadpool. He's going to cancel <laughs> everyone. Oh, that's...
3: Oh. Val Kilmer would not nice. be my ideal Deadpool, though. Unless he he would have been if
2: Deadpool it. came out in 97. No, oh, that's
3: probably true. Dude, I like Val Kilmer. I, I'm not embarrassed about that.
0: I've always no, liked yeah, Val Yeah, I Kilmer.
3: enjoyed him. Great job. So what's our next movie, Vanessa? Strange
0: Days.
3: You're silent, too. I, I can't hear the thing you're huh. saying
0: that's one I don't back. know someone else <laughs> Strange Days
3: Strange Days Strange Days Y2K go away you know what uh, this is uh, this was actually one of my favorite movies of the uh, of uh, the 90s so I'm actually excited to see this one on the list we'll see how it goes so everybody watch it, it, it we'll too. get together next week see how things uh, roll on that one I'm sure you guys will hate it too <laughs> 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 That'll